One, two, three. Hi, this is Heidi McDonald with more to come. PW Comics World's weekly podcast of the world of comics and graphic novels. This week, I am talking to David Glanzer, the director of marketing, vice president. I always have to look it up, David. I'm sorry. What is your title? It's quite all right. I, I'm the director of marketing and uh, public relations, there. but hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take a vice president position. All right. There you go. Well, from my lips to God's ear. There you go. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's, it's September 4th, and um, I just unpacked all my stuff from Comic-Con, so... Thought it was time to talk about uh, Comic Con 2015, and um, you know, Comic Con just always seems to be in the news. It seems like a year-round thing now. <laughs> Does it, your... it is. I, I think there's well, there's so much that happens at the show. Um, you know, when I first started volunteering back in 1984, uh, it took up about two weeks of my time, uh, and you know, that certainly isn't the case anymore. There's a lot of pre-show news, a lot of news coming from the show. And then a lot of post-show news, so you know it still uh, pops up on uh, Google alerts and, and things like that. <laughs> right, right. Um, well, uh, y- you know, we talk about this every year, and we say that Comic Con gets bigger and bigger and crazier and crazier every year. But uh, I have to say, me and my my convention, um, you know, many uh, veterans, uh, we, we did notice that it did seem like this year that things maybe got a little bit under control or maybe reined in a little bit or checked. I mean, it just seemed like the gas lamp was a lot less busy and, you know, maybe things had kind of calmed down a bit. I mean, is that just our imagination or? I think, I think it, it, it really depends upon what it is that you do that weekend. One of the things that we really try to do every year, you know, is mitigate uh, the crowd issues that we have. We had to cap our attendance several years back. Uh, we we don't have our final numbers yet, but we're going to be right around 130,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've really worked closely with a lot of the um, companies that do the activations outside, like NBC and and you know things at the mm-hmm. park space and whatnot, to make sure that uh, the activations are open to people with badges. And that may have helped us a bit as well, so that um, we're not getting a whole bunch of people coming into the downtown area. Uh, that may not have badges, uh, but want to, you know, people watch or whatever. There's nothing wrong with that, but it does become incredibly congested. Mm-hmm. This year, I mean, I, I was out there um, a couple times, and you know, I, I didn't see a, a marked difference. But I've heard everything from people saying uh, both inside and outside it seemed more manageable. And then uh, we heard some complaints that you know it wasn't nearly as manageable as it should have been. But you know, there's there's always going to be some of that as well. Right, right. Well, with 100,000 people at the show itself and then thousands more everywhere, it's kind of impossible to plan for every contingency, uh, <laughs> I can imagine. That's true. I mean, I mean, one of the things that, you know, that we do is uh, we have a whole department now dedicated just to line management, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and they do a very good job. You'll see maps now on how to get into to rooms and exit rooms, things of that nature. We... We have, you know, meetings now in, in area hotels, so we try to make sure that, you know, people can get to there in a timely manner or whatnot. But it, it is a giant, it's a giant event. It, 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 uh, there's a lot to do. There's stuff that we have control over. There's a lot of stuff that we don't have control over. But that doesn't mean we don't still try to, you know, make the best of the situation. Right, right. Now, this year, I know over the past few years, you've been expanding more to local hotels. 
uh, for events. And, um, I mean, it seemed like this year, I mean, again, maybe I didn't notice it last year, but I mean, this year I really did notice, you know, there was a lot of activity at the Hyatt, you know, like Xbox, I think, had their whole thing there. And, right. uh, the Hilton Bayside has really become a, a you know, events. I mean, there's events at the Marriott and, and I, I know people have to actually pick up their badges at the Town and Country Inn, wherever that is. I've never even seen that. So. Yeah, yeah. There, there's some registrations available at the. Uh, it's on our shuttle route, and it's uh-huh. in the valley. Right, right, right. So, so, um, I mean, so is this? You know, once again, this is kind of a policy that's been used to, you know, to keep people moving around, to keep them from congesting just in one spot. Um, now, is there any danger of running out of hotel room? <laughs> well, that's a really great question. I mean, you know, one of the things that we've had to do because we've run out of space the, the facility is try to find out where are we going to put the people that we have let alone you know if, if there's any way to accommodate additional people um, and that is those hotels and that's really a great question because without additional space outside the facility um, we're kind of in a world of hurt mm-hmm. so what happened a few years back uh, was uh, then mayor sanders um, members of the city council the hotels the convention center uh, kind of all got together and said, look, you know, we know Comic-Con's run out of space. We can make certain ballrooms, certain meeting rooms available, um, and that should tie them over until this expansion happens. So that's why you, you, you're you absolutely correct. We have a lot more at the Hyatt now, at the Marriott, at the uh, Bayfront. We've had stuff. I think we had a, uh, uh, a broadcast room over at the Omni. Um, we're trying to use as much space as we possibly can to accommodate the people that we already have, and hopefully that will make it a little less congested within the building. Right, right. Well, speaking of congestion within the building, (laughs) 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 you know, one of the reasons that this was in the news again was, uh, you know, and I'm not going to bore our listeners with too much of the struggles of local San Diego politics, which... um, I can only imagine how painful that can be for the actual locals. But, uh, you know, there's been for a couple years, um, well, for several several years, for since 2010, I think, is when it was a, first announced that there was this plan to expand the convention center. And it was going to add, you know, a significant amount more space. However, uh, I guess the short version, you can correct me if I'm compressing anything that is salient here, sure. but, uh, it, 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 you know, the, like you said, out of this meeting, uh with then Mayor Sanders, the hotels, everybody said this is a great thing. We're going to expand the convention center, uh, but how to pay for it? Because um, California has very, very strict rules on how you can raise taxes. Like you basically can't, you know, even if the children are, you know, going to school one day a year because there's no money to keep the schools open, you can't really raise taxes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. and um, so they basically said that the hotels would put a little tax on people who stayed at them. And, of course, this got some people upset. And then there were legal challenges. These dragged on for years. And uh, just recently, the city council, and the, I guess there were several lawsuits going on. Finally, the city council right. said, that's it. No expansion. Is that... Well, what ended up, yeah, that, that is essentially right. Well, I, I, as I understand it, the... The hotel association that wanted to levy a fee on people staying at hotels, and I think there was a, a graded fee that there was a, a, a higher percentage for those in the downtown area, and then as it went out into the city, the, the, that fee was uh, less and less, and that money uh, they wanted to use uh, to help with the expansion. That's as I understand it. Uh, there was a challenge to that that said, in essence, that's a tax. 
<clears throat> probably attacked. So I think it went before a court, and uh, it was um, it was as I understand it decided that no, it was not a tax. It was a fee or something along those lines. Anyway, it went to the appellate court, and the appellate court said no, actually. It, it is a tax, and in order for anybody to uh, levy a tax, it has to go before the, the voters or, or whatever other mechanism it is uh, to, to get it approved. So the city council was then faced with the, the prospect of either abiding by that, uh, well, they have to abide by it anyway, or going ahead and appealing the decision. Uh, it's important to note that I think the San Diego City Attorney uh, recommended that no funds actually be collected just in case the uh, the adjudication came out against. Right. And uh, so I, as I understand, there is no uh, kitty of money. But mm-hmm. um, the city council, you're correct, decided that they would not uh, appeal that decision. Now, that being said, uh, you know, the mayor released a statement later saying that um, expanding the convention center was one of the most important actions that he felt uh, would help grow the local economy. So, I don't know where the situation is now, to be honest with you. It may be that uh, there are other plans for other facilities. Uh, somebody may try to come up with another funding plan. Uh, conceivably, I imagine in a couple of years it could go to a vote, uh, you know, uh, with the public. I mean, it's a it's it's a possibility. Uh, is it likely? That's I guess that's the real question, and that's an answer. Sadly, I, I really don't know. But uh, you know, how does this affect Comic Con? Well, that's a, that's another great question, and if we can, you know, the the interesting thing is Comic-Con staying in San Diego was never really predicated on any one issue. I mean, uh, I think John, our president, famously said, much to my chagrin, at a, a con talk back once when somebody said uh, a question about the expansion, uh, I think, you know, kind of making a joke, he said, well, I don't see any shovels in the ground, so I'm not even counting on that. Um, and I was like, hey, uh, you know, that that been, may have been more, more prescient than any of us thought, because the truth of the matter is, he and the board had always moved forward without that being considered. Because the truth of the matter is, here it is already, you know, 2014, um, there was talk of this expansion for some time, and it just hasn't happened. Right. So what... What we have to do, I think, to be able to stay in San Diego is to see how best we can accommodate the the, the people that we have, and um, there are a bunch of different factors. One is hotel room rates, uh, space, you know, are we still going to be able to use meeting rooms, ballrooms, things of that nature? Are there public spaces uh, that, that we can use? Um, you know, has it been the best situation in the last few years? Uh, it's not. I mean, if we had a bigger convention center, I think everybody would have been happy. But I think we've made do with what we had, and right. if we can continue on that, you know, we might be able to to, to stick around for a few years more. But everybody has to, uh, you know, play and agree, and 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 mm-hmm. you know, we'll know that when we actually get into that. But, you know, isn't there a point? I mean, I I, I wrote this on I, my my site a few years ago and and I've been saying it you know kind of I kind of had this moment of clarity myself a few years ago where it's like oh even if you do expand the convention center let's say you're able to allow 30,000 more people to attend you know I'm not even sure that the expansionist plan would have meant that many more people but right. you know 10 20,000 people okay let's say that so now really what you have is instead of 
130,000 people standing in line to get into a panel. You have 150,000 people standing in line to get into a panel. So, I right, mean, right. I mean, at some point, it, it has to be, you know, at some point, it's, it's, you know, it's like comics on the moon. You're just not going to be able to. No, I think, I think you're right. Now, you bring up a good point. And I think there's another uh, factor here, too, that, that people don't realize, and that is we don't know that there's 30,000 more people who actually want to attend. I mean, you know, I've heard people say, oh, my gosh, you should do two conventions a year. You'll have 30,000, you know, 130,000 at the first convention, and you'll have another 130,000, uh, let's say, on the second weekend. Well, you, there's no way to know that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, you know, thinking, oh, I've talked to friends who want to go. Well, you know, there's a lot of things I want to do and a lot of things I want to uh, see, but when it comes down to it, Sometimes I have the time, sometimes I have the money, sometimes I don't. Uh, um, so, you know, is there even 30 more thousand people out there? I don't know. But even if the new facility could accommodate 30,000 more people, we would have to make the decision, do we really want to max out the facility again? Uh-huh. And I think that, you know, uh, I, I don't know that we would. I mean, I, again, this is all hypothetical, so, right, you know, sure. I, I don't mean to be saying things that, you know, people are going to be shocked at, but, you know, I think if we had had an expanded convention center, it would have allowed us to do a lot more programming. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would allow us to have a lot more exhibitors. Uh, maybe we could have augmented our, our attendees a bit more, too, to let more people attend, but I don't know that, you know, we were looking anyway for, like, you know, thousands upon thousands upon thousands mm-hmm. more. Right, right, right. So, so I, I think you bring up a very good point. Right, right. So, so you know, the expansion, in theory, would have been, I mean, actually, exhibitors are a great example because, um, you know, there's so many new companies, new people, you know, who I'm always talking to, and they're like, you know, we're on the waiting list. And, you know, and maybe it's a couple exactly. years now for a small booth. But, I mean, you know, if you want to get a big booth, in there, you might be waiting a long time. Um. <laughs> yes, I, you know, I always say it's like a restaurant. If <clears throat> I always say, you know, sadly for me, I go to a restaurant, I order a table for one, and you know, I, I may have to wait a few minutes, but they can usually squeeze me in. Yeah. Uh, but if I go with a group of friends and want a table for twelve, you know, I may have to wait a while. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the same thing with Comic Con. But you're right, there are a lot of new companies out there. You know, there are people who do get in after being on the list for a year, and sometimes. Just depending upon timing, somebody cancels at the last minute, there's an opening, we can squeeze somebody in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are a lot of people out there who would love to be on the on the Comic-Con floor, and we would love to have them, and expanded facility would allow us to do that. Right, right, right. Now, um, I, this is another, like, local issue, and again, I'm, I'm not going to mm-hmm. bore our listeners too much, but I, I noticed that... Um, with all the things I was reading about, you know, the expansion... Uh, it seemed like there was this other faction that that took the the seeming you know moratorium on the convention center expansion as their cue to move in, which is the Chargers. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so so it seems like there's these two things. And again, as a New Yorker who only goes to San Diego once a year, but uh, you know reading the newspapers, it seems to me that my understanding is there's these two factions. <laughs> there's Comic Con and there's the Chargers. <laughs> And now the Chargers have a crappy old stadium, as I understand it, uh, that goes back to, you know, the Nixon. Actually, I think Hubert Humphrey might have been president anyway, a long time ago. And it's a horrible old stadium that nobody likes. And so they are also, or not also, they are always threatening to leave unless they get a new stadium. And now there's some talk that maybe a new stadium might be built next to Petco Park. 
Yeah, it's interesting. There were, as I understand it, there were several different proposals initially put forth on how to accommodate uh, bigger conventions in San Diego. And, and I should also point out that while we thought a convention center, an expanded convention center would help us out, uh, we thought it was really more beneficial to the city, and we never uh, approached it as if you know this was being done right. because right. to keep Comic Con sure, sure. again because there were so many other factors. It, right. it could very well have been that you know we had an expanded convention center, but we couldn't you know work a deal on the hotel room rates or things of that nature, and we we may still have have left. So, mm-hmm. but but that being said, you know there are big convention facilities like in Orlando and other parts that that uh, can handle not only big shows, but, but smaller shows at the same right. time. One of the things that, that I guess some people are seeing now are these multi-use facilities that are uh, con- uh, stadiums that can double as convention facilities. The only, the only downside from that, if there is a downside, is that it's not contiguous space. Right. So what would happen right. is you would have, let's say in San Diego's, uh, you know, if you look at San Diego, San Diego would have its current convention center, then so many blocks away would be uh, an ancillary convention right, center. Right, right, right. So, you know, I, I, I think that was one of the proposals. There was also a proposal to have, um, and I don't know if this really ever caught steam or how serious it was, but there was a, a, an idea to um, use the, uh, there's like a, a port Right next to the to the convention center that has some available not available space but has some space there and somebody put forth a plan that maybe a convention facility could go there, oh. even though there's even though there's already something there. So I don't know how feasible that really is. But mm-hmm. yeah, there were several different proposals, and I think now that the city council has decided not to appeal, I think those are all coming back up. And the mayor has said uh, he's exploring every possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, just, uh, you know, just to put this into perspective, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to make people jealous, but it is very vibrant. You know, it's a really like, it is, you know, it's exhausting and tiring and terrifying, but there's still so much to see. And I mean, I was really impressed this year. Um, I mean, there already are contiguous, uh, you know, areas like Petco Park has become its own thing. I finally got to do the Walking Dead Escape this year. And they have a really pretty amazing setup over there. You know, they have this whole little zombie. They, they have a little zombie area fan fest going on, and you know there were zombies doing. You know, zombies were twerking and and <laughs> blind dancing, and you know people were observing and running around. And then there's the whole, um, you know, parking lot area there that has Adult Swim. Right. This year they had the Sin City stuff, and you know Hello Kitty. I mean, it was there was a lot to do. There was really a lot to do, and and. Um, you, you know, I mean, that does seem, you know, uh, also, um, um, Nerd, Nerd HQ was at Petco, too, which I didn't yeah, I see. Th- yeah, I think, we, you know, the, you, you bring up an interesting point about the parking lot. I think one of the things that we try to do over there is, especially with, you know, because there's no space inside the facility to expand, um, we have some people who want to be on the floor or want to expand on the floor, and then uh, it's an opportunity they can move across the street and have a different kind of setup. Right. Um, I don't know what the foot traffic is like over there. That really is more of a, a Petco setup, but uh, it's nice because it can, it can accommodate some of our exhibitors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, you, you know, you bring up a good point, you know, would a, a non-contiguous facility um, meet our needs also? Possibly. I just don't know how far away that facility would be. 
and then which exhibitors, you know, would go over there or would want to go mm-hmm. over there. I know one year we tried to put some people up on the sales pavilion, and uh, there was a lot of gnashing of teeth because they wanted to be on the main floor. Right. So, you know, right. again, I think optimally it would be great if there was one contiguous space for exhibit space, but the truth of the matter is we're going to have to deal with, with the, the hand we're dealt, mm-hmm. and luckily we're still talking with the mayor and the city council and hotels and everybody so, you know, I, I, I am confident that at least in the short run, uh, if we all work together, we'll, we'll be able to make the best out of what's been a challenging situation. Right, right, right. Now, I, I, you know, I don't know how much you can speak to this, but, uh, you know, you talk about under the sales. Um, you know, now apparently under the sales is rotting away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, I saw that as well. And uh the only thing, I mean, I really have not been briefed on any of that. I, I will say that uh, I know the facility is also very, very um, safety concerned. I know that uh, they would not allow anything to occur uh, that had any kind of a, of a safety issue. I think that was more of a, of a, you know, an attempt to say, you know, the the, the facility is several years old, and it and in itself needs some, you know, refurbishment and some tidying up. So. I don't think there's any safety issues there, but um, it is an older facility, and I think you know uh, at some point there'll probably need to be you know some money put to uh, right, making right. sure that it's shipshape. Yeah, I mean, just uh, again for any listeners who didn't know, uh, there was in all of this this um, seems like it was a very busy time for San Diego City Council, but uh, you, you know yeah. then the convention, you know again the the actual people who run the convention center were tweeting these pictures of. The under the sale, which is actually some kind of a, I don't know if it's cloth covering. I mean, it's some kind of. I think it's a it's a special canvas or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is actually some kind of a. It is not a rigid. Um, it's not a rigid material. It is under you know like like a tent. It's like it literally is like a tent, and it's been right. up there for twenty five years. So if you had a tent or a tarpaulin up for twenty five years, even in the beautiful weather of San Diego, there could be environmental. Stress uh, factors, right. and yes, the guy had tweeted some pictures that looked a little, you know, a little moldy. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, we saw that too. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, 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 I you know, I want to talk a little bit about WonderCon. Um, uh, but you know, let me, let me, uh, one other thing though. Okay, the other big thing. I mean, we've talked about the macro. This is still a little macro, but let's talk a little bit though about this year. The other big change was Hall H and how you got in and the whole wristband system that was used. So this was a really big change for a lot of people. Um, And uh, it basically kind of, I think the effect, as much as I read about it, was that if you wanted to to camp out overnight to get into Hall H, you really had to camp out overnight. You could not let your friend camp out overnight and then join him in the morning, have... You know, Zach Levy give you coffee, or whoever's you know the celebrities go around and give out coffee and donuts sometimes. Um, so how did that work out? How did the system? Well, work so out? yeah, the, so the idea was what we wanted to do, and I, and we're still, uh, you know, we're still doing the debriefing, and that's one of the big things we're 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 going to be looking at because we get a lot of feedback on it. The idea was to create a situation where. Somebody wouldn't necessarily have to wait in line all day if they weren't going to be able to get into the panel that they specifically wanted to get into. Now, there's no way to really know that, mm-hmm. but the idea was to hand out to, to first of all to take Hall H, 
divide it into four sections and color code each of those sections with wristbands. Mm -hmm. So let's say, you know, Hall H seats 6,500 people. We would hand out 6,000, let's say, or so wristbands. Uh, the first color would denote, you know, uh, you're at the head of the line, you'll probably get into the first quarter of the room, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then what we would do is we would put signs at those uh, breaks within the line so that throughout the day someone could say, oh, look, you know, 1,500 people mm. have to leave before I can get into the current right. panel. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not going to wait. I'm just going to come back. Mm. Um, there was a couple of side benefits of that. One is that you had to be there to uh, get your wristband, which meant uh, something we saw in the past where people were – uh, coming into the line in the morning and bringing their friends coffee and donuts or whatever, and then, oh, well, I'm going to stay here with you. Right. So all of a sudden, you may have been, you know, 300 in line, but all of a sudden now you're 900 in line. Right. So the side benefit of this also uh, kind of prevented people from from doing that. Uh, if there was a negative, it was that people thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to need to get there really early so I can make sure and get a badge, mm. I mean, a, a wristband. And that's what we have to look at. You know, did that work out as well as we wanted it to? Is there a way to mitigate some of that? Because the truth of the matter is, with, with, with very few instances, um, a lot of people get in line because they want to be at the front of the room. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I, we get a lot of positive comments about them being able to gauge a little bit more their time. Uh, but we also had some complaints about, you know, how the badges were handed out. So we're going to – we don't we don't know how it worked, if it, if it was an overall positive or overall negative, okay. but we're still looking right. at that. Fair enough. So so this is a policy in flux, in, in other words. This is still – It is, it is. And I know it you've is. been asked this 8 billion times, David, but, you know, <laughs> just for those who haven't seen the other ones, would you ever consider why don't you just clear the room between panels? At well, that's something that's something that uh, we've actually discussed. The 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 problem that we have right now is uh, space, and this is going to sound weird, but uh, it takes about twenty or thirty minutes to to effectively uh, uh, load a room. Mm -hmm. We can do we can do it in a little bit uh, faster, depending upon. Uh, any number of variables, but it could be 30 minutes or so. And then to, to, to clear a room also, I think it's a little bit less time. So we could do that. It would mean that we would have less programs in the room, but, you know, that's, that could be a trade-off. Mm -hmm. the, the problem is, let's say there ends up being, instead of 10 programs in that room, let's say we end up having five or six. That means that we would then have to have five or six lines that can accommodate 6,500 right. people, right. and we don't have that space. Right. Now, before, okay. you may have remembered years ago, uh, at before the expansion, there was the old USO at the foot of the convention center. It was a huge parking lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. you might have been able to do something there, but sadly, we don't have that space mm -hmm. anymore. Right, right. So, huh, wow, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's something, you know, that we, we did look at, it's just we don't, and it's interesting because when they when the city was talking to the architects about the expansion, they asked us, they said, you know, uh, you're the biggest convention we have, you may have insight that we don't that could help other conventions, would you mind sitting in on a meeting with us and, and bringing up any 
questions or concerns you have. And one of the things that, that we brought up was it's great to have additional meeting space, but do you have places to line up the people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I, most conventions probably have 20,000 people, so it's not really an issue. Right. But if you have, you know, a, a, a huge convention like Comic-Con or a similar convention, it's great to have, you know, three ballrooms that can accommodate thousands of people, but where where do you line them up? Right. And that was something right. that, that they were really interested in. So. Right. Uh, well, you know, um, I know uh, you have um, other things to do today, so I don't want to keep you too much longer, but uh, two two important questions just to be brought up. Um, you know, there was a big big talk uh, before the convention uh, about harassment and harassment policy, and right. um, I know a letter was sent out that was, um, you know, telling people that y- y- there are means to to report this kind of thing. But, you know, let me let me ask you, and I mean, I know there are legalities involved with your own harassment policy, and but but let me just ask you, I mean, if you say you're a cosplayer and say somebody is videoing you and then it turns out to be, uh, you know, one of those harassing video crews that there is, I mean, what is the best way to report this kind of thing? What should people do if they need to report something at the show? They, they really should find someone who has, uh, somebody who has a, a staff shirt, mm-hmm a volunteer shirt uh, or security, mm-hmm. what will end up happening is those people will be able to direct them to the appropriate mm-hmm. uh, person. One of the things that we, we work very closely with, and, and this is something you know, and I know that you commented about this once on your, on your, on your site, was we take uh, security very seriously. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a police command post in our lobby. Mm-hmm. And the police make it a point to, to you know, really try to make sure that uh, people are as safe as they possibly can. Because when you have 130,000 people, I mean, it's a small city. Sure. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure our people are as safe as they possibly can be. And to that end, you know, we, we have a, a policy in place that we've gone over with our attorney, we've gone over with, 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 with people who we feel is goes above a standard harassment policy because it's not just harassment, it's offensive behavior. Mm -hmm. And it's up to us to determine what that offensive behavior is. And if someone feels that they're being treated in a manner uh, that is disrespectful, they should by all means let one of us know so that we can go ahead and and deal with it in an appropriate manner. Mm -hmm. One of the things that, that kind of scared me this year was Somebody had put up some signs that purported to come from us that had our logo on it, but but they told people to to go to places where we didn't have staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they told them that if you didn't want to deal with security, you could you know uh, mention it on a on a website or something. And I I didn't find out about this until after the show, and it shocked the heck out of mm-hmm. me because safety is paramount. You you know I don't know why that happened or why people would direct people to to something that was different than the plan we had in place. Right. Because, right. you know, there are people staffed to deal with the situation who were ready to. Yeah. Um so it is it's an it's an issue that we take seriously. Uh and I you know, we've we've been very lucky in that um you know, I know that we heard from a lot of cosplayers after the show, and some posted on on different websites and whatnot that uh, they had a really good time at the show and and, and weren't really, you know weren't bothered. So for that, we're grateful. Right, right. Well, I you know just to throw in my own editorializing here. I mean, I do know I've talked to you know I talk to you every year. We have a I interview every year, and you know many times I ask you you know why don't you do this, and you're like you know it turns out it was safety concerns. So you know this right. is not a new thing. This is not you know something that you just made up because. People 
people were getting on your case about it. I mean, I know for, you know, this has really been something that, that you have, you know, the, the show has been very concerned with. I would also, um, I think it's interesting to me that, you know, I talk to a lot of volunteers and like, you know, where do I go? Where do I stand? You know, how do I do this? And, yeah. and they, they seem very much to be people who are of the fandom, you know? Yes. We're very lucky in that. We we use about, it used to be 3,500. I think this year we used a little bit over the 4,000. Wow. 4,000 and, 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 and Yeah, over the course of the five days. Wow. And, and, you know, we're very lucky because we do get good people back. Um, and a lot of them come back year after year. I mean, you know, a majority of us who are working on the show now started as volunteers. And, you know, we're not volunteering just because uh, we might get a T-shirt or, uh, you know, it's because we really love the show. And I think that also translates into making sure that people are happy and people are, I mean, nobody wants to see anybody having a bad time. Right. Uh, and that includes the volunteers, you know. So they, they work really hard and, and, and they do a great job for us. Right, right. And I mean, I would, I, I, again, I mean, this is only my experience, um, but it was very positive this year. And you know, I speak my mind when I don't have a positive experience. I do <laughs> yeah. mention this. So, um, but yeah. you know, I was, I really been impressed in the past couple of years just with the quality of the volunteers. And you know, I would hope, I mean, we're all very concerned with the safety when you have this many people who are so passionate. Um, yeah. All right, I know I need to let you go, but one more question. Uh, WonderCon, San Francisco, uh, anything new on that front? I, I will be very, very honest with you, and, and we were just talking about this uh, the other day. I, You know, we have uh, Ape coming up mm-hmm. uh, this fall, and we're going to be at the, the um, Fort, Fort Mason. Fort Mason, right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it reminds me of when we, you know, because when we first started Ape, uh, when we first brought it to, to San Francisco, it was actually at Port Mason. And then it started reminding me about WonderCon and how, you know, WonderCon was in San Francisco when we moved it over from Oakland. I really miss that. I mean, San Francisco is an amazing city. Absolutely. And I will be very honest with you, I I, I would love to go back. We would love to go back. but And I, I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I can't help but wonder... I mean, they're doing construction right now, so so their hands are tied to to a certain mm-hmm. degree. And and San Francisco is such a great city. Everybody, I mean, I don't think they have any problem booking that facility. Right. Um, but the truth of the matter is, you know, I think when you, it's a lot of work to do our shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's it's you know it's taxing for us, you know, and for people who attend. But those people who work the facility. It's really hard also, and I can't help but wonder if that plays a factor into it. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter Hartlub of the Chronicle did a, uh, I think it was Peter Hartlub, uh, did an article about how San Francisco really needs WonderCon, but nothing seemed to have happened from that. Right, so, right. Huh. Uh, you know, if we, can, if we can get dates out early enough, um, it would be hard for us to say no to San Francisco because I think we would love to be back. Right. Well, I mean, it seems just, again, from my reading of all this, you know, I mean, Ape, you talk about Ape, and uh, it used to be that uh, they were really just said that, you know, there were so many penniless, you know, uh, hippies, are you know, arty hippies yeah. in San Francisco. They had no money to spend on comics. Now everybody's a tech millionaire, and they don't want to <laughs> yeah. leave their giant apartment where they're, you know... $20 million TV system, I guess, to go buy comics. Right. So, you know, come on, tech millionaires, get with it. Comics are worth it. Well, one of the cool things that I've always loved about uh, Moscone was that it was just in the heart of downtown. Yeah. Oh, it's and, fantastic. You know, um, oh, my God, the restaurant's jeebus. Oh, gosh. <laughs> There's, yeah, me, too. There's a great Thai restaurant right yeah. behind the facility that oh, has I the know, best I know. The soup. Yeah, yeah. 
But, you know, I think one of the problems that we have also is that um, uh, facilities look at room nights. Mm, and right. one of the things that, that San Diego did for us years ago was we didn't really have the room nights reflected, uh, but the city kind of took a gamble on us anyway. And the reason being is I think, you know, sometimes fans put more than two people to a room, or you have a situation, this is especially true in San Francisco, where you have really discounted uh, hotels and motels all throughout the city. Right. So right. even though we were able to fill up our room blocks and had to use another hotel, um, I think there were a lot more people who were staying in hotels, but we didn't get credit for them because they weren't within our right. room block. Right. So we're trying to figure out if there's a way to, you know, record that information. But again, until such time as I think they finish their construction, I think we're all in a holding right. pattern. Right, right. Well, you know, listen, everybody uh, in the Bay Area who wants to go ta back to San Francisco for WonderCon, um, you know, tell these, these Twitter, put it on Twitter and, you know, Google. <laughs> Come on, people, get with the program. Let's get Comic-Con. Let's get WonderCon back, a WonderCon back in San Francisco. Well, David. I agree. <laughs> David, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on the show and, um you know, answering some questions that people have. And, uh, you know, uh, folks, if I didn't get to your favorite question, which I'm sure everybody has a million of, um, you know, we'll just have to have David back on sometime, okay? So. Perfect. Heidi, it's always my pleasure. <laughs> okay. Take care. Thank you. Until Thank next you. We'll year. We'll see you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Okay. Thank you. Heidi, thank you so oh. much. It was a great, a no. great